ask me why I'm always teasing you. You hate to have me call you pretty baby. Whether you like it or not, there's going to be a big change around here, and it starts tonight. Hello and welcome to the Queens and Rebels Women's History Podcast. And if you are returning, then welcome back. Thank you for listening to me. I will be talking about On a Judge, concluding the second part of the series. We left off uh, just when she made up her mind uh, to escape from the Washingtons partially due because she was going to be re-gifted to Martha's granddaughter, who was known to have a bad temper, and also in large part because George Washington was retiring from public office, so he was going to take the whole household back to his Virginia plantation. So if she was going to escape to freedom, the time was now. She would not have to make the perilous journey up north uh, all the way from the south. We will come back uh, to her escape shortly. I just want to say I hope everyone is doing well. I've actually had an easier week in terms of how much work hours I had to put in, so I do feel more energetic. And I am also very excited to put up my Christmas tree this weekend. I know some people have already done it. I could see like when I go for a walk or when we drive down the street that some people have already put their stuff up. My neighbors across uh, my backyard, I can see their living room window. They put their Christmas tree up in like November. It was actually right like the day after Halloween. I don't know, for me it's a little early, I guess to each its own. They must really love Christmas. But uh, yeah, it's a nice little festive occasion, so I'm excited for that. going to make some hot chocolate, put some Christmas music on, and uh, me and my husband, we both enjoy doing it. I know in my family, it's only my dad who tends to put up the tree, like he really does like it. But that's something that he does on his own. For me, it's always a special little uh, ritual we do together. And of course, the cat is involved. <laughs> it tends to be very interested in what's uh, going on, why the tree all of a sudden popped up in the middle of a living room. Luckily, he does not try to climb it. I was really worried the first year we put it up because he's so active, like he's everywhere. But at least uh, he does not, he's not interested in uh, climbing the tree and taking it down with him. He's also not very interested in uh, in the Christmas uh, toys. He does kick around a few bulbs uh, throughout the season that he manages to get off. But other than that, it's not too bad. I just make sure I don't hang any glass ornaments on the bottom <clears throat> where he can reach. Anyways, I guess I should uh, stop talking about myself and uh, start talking about Anna. So as I said, uh, we left off uh, as she was contemplating her escape and uh, Anna later recalled uh, she heard talk of uh, the fugitive slave uh, problem, quote-unquote problem, when uh, she first arrived in Philadelphia. Many slaves lost their lives in their attempts to make it to the north. 
So as I've mentioned previously, she was already in the north and uh, her escape was pretty much now and never a type of situation for her because winter posed a lot of uh, dangers for escaping slaves. Obviously, they were risking dying of hypothermia. Many fugitives really did not have any warm clothes. They were coming from the south. And, of course, uh, they could not afford to outfit themselves properly. Spring posed a danger of mudslides, and uh, in summer they were in danger of uh, overheating. And, of course, uh, in extreme cases, uh, dying from dehydration. vast majority of the escaped uh, lacked adequate food and water supplies, and... Uh, I mentioned uh, this in a previous episode, uh, but I just want to highlight how exceptional Ona's escape was because uh, 90% of the escapees were male, so she was among that uh, very low 10% of women uh, that actually escaped. And children were the major deterrent for female escapees. Escapes with children in tow were much more complicated. And if children were left behind, there was a high chance owners would take their uh, retribution out on them. And uh, this went not just for uh, children directly, but for any extended family members. They were always at the risk of uh, facing the brunt of their anger or an escaped family member as well. By the time Ona Judge uh, lived in Philadelphia, an average of 26 ads per year appeared of people seeking their runaway slaves. She would not be able to read the ads. Presidential slaves were being kept illiterate, but stories traveled throughout the community and there was a high chance they reached the Washington household. George uh, Washington was a person who was fully capable of reading the runaway ads. Uh, so he was aware of the number of escapees in Philadelphia, and he was already uh, very fearful of losing his own slaves. He was sympathetic to the southern fears of uh, the northern abolition. So two years into his Philadelphian residency, the president signed the Fugitive Slave Act into law, so basically, the law that law stated that a slave owner on, or their representative could seize the runaway person by force and bring them in front of a magistrate in whatever municipality the slave was caught in, after a written or oral proof of ownership could be presented. I mean, obviously, we can see how uh, this is highly problematic. Anyone can present their oral uh, proof of uh, ownership, among many other reasons uh, why that law was problematic. It basically enabled uh, for people to re-enslave anyone they wished. And uh, those who obstructed the capturing uh, could be jailed, sued by the owner, or Find a five thousand, uh, sorry, five hundred dollars. Um, I used an inflation calculator uh, because I was curious what five hundred dollars would be in today's money. I don't know how accurate it is, uh, but apparently five hundred dollars in seventeen ninety three equates to over thirteen thousand 
in today's money. So this is a, a very hefty fine, and this would dissuade a lot of people from offering help to the fugitives. But despite the law, there were those who were willing to take uh, the, that risk and help. Ona's successful escape was in large part made possible by the free black population of Philadelphia. We don't know the exact names of her allies. In uh, later interviews, she refused to name names in fear of compromising those people and uh, their families. At the time, she crossed paths with Reverend Richard Allen. He was a preacher, prominent community leader and business owner. Uh, so who knows, uh, maybe he played a part in her escape, uh, maybe not. While uh, the household was uh, packing up to go back to Virginia, Ona was uh, trying to be as inconspicuous as possible about uh, her own escape plans. She later recalled, I quote, Whist, uh, they were packing up to go to Virginia. I was packing to go. I didn't know where, but I knew that if I went back to Virginia, I never should get my liberty, unquote. On Saturday, May 21st, 1796, while the Washingtons were having supper, Ona slipped out of the house and ran towards her freedom. It is unknown uh, when her absence was noted, but uh, obviously eventually it was. Two days later, an ad was placed in the Philadelphia Gazette, I quote, absconded from the household of the President of the United States, Oni Judge, a light mulatto girl, much freckled with very black eyes and bushy hair. She is of middle stature, slender and delicately formed, about 20 years of age. She has many changes of good clothes of all sorts, but they are not sufficiently recollected to be described. As there was no suspicion of her going off, nor no provocation to do so, it is not easy to conjecture whether she has gone or fully what her design is. But as she may attempt to escape by water, all matters of vessels are cautioned against admitting her into them. Although it is probable she will attempt to pass as a free woman, it has it said wherewithal to pay her passage. Ten dollars will be paid to any person who will bring her home. If taken in the city or on board any vessel in the harbor, and a reasonable additional sum if apprehended at and brought from a greater distance and in proportion to the distance, unquote. So Ona was being hunted by America's most powerful family. Her first move would be to get out of the city where she was known and easily recognizable. George Washington assumed that she would set out to New York. That assumption was logical since uh, she was familiar with the city, the Washington family, and uh, their household did uh, briefly reside there. He asked a friend to be on a lookout for her and uh, the friend reported that Ona was indeed spotted in the city and that she reportedly has fled to Boston. This sighting was false. Judge actually was headed to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, by boat, uh, captained by Captain John Bowles. Ona only mentioned the captain's name a decade after he passed, and I will quote her, I never told his name till after he died, a few years since, 
lest they should punish him for bringing me away, unquote. So she was very careful and very thoughtful of who she spoke about. We do not know why the captain chose to turn a blind eye towards this unusual passenger. He was not known to be hostile towards black people, but was also not known to be an anti-slavery advocate at the same time. And a young woman traveling alone was highly unusual for the time. Regardless of the motive, the captain welcomed Ona aboard the ship and they set sail. Ona was blindly relying on the goodwill of the people who helped her escape. As a precaution, she was not told the details of her journey or her destination until the last minute nor was she told uh, who awaited her on the other side. This uh, secrecy was necessary to protect all those involved in such escapes. Portsmouth uh, was not a bustling urban center. Uh, It was a town of about 5,000 residents. As the name suggests, it was a port city with a developing shipping industry. At the time of Ona's arrival, New Hampshire counted less than 800 black residents, fewer than 200 of whom were enslaved. Ona was at the mercy of those residents. A family offered to take her in, and this was immensely helpful uh, because finding um, housing for a black woman with uh, modest financial resources uh, would have been almost impossible. Uh, She knew she quickly had to find work, and she did as a domestic help in a local home. It offered a little pay for a lot of uh, physically demanding labor. Previously, she did not have to perform such grueling tasks. Uh, She did not have a choice. Her opportunities were limited. And obviously, freedom uh, was of a higher value. And her choice disputed Washington's delusions that their slaves were better off in captivity. This is something that the president did genuinely believe. Based on the fact that he was not known to be abusive and he provided basic uh, requirements uh, such as food and clothing, in his mind, it was all uh, that it took for people to want to stay in captivity, and in his mind, that's why captivity was better. New Hampshire was not chosen at random to be honest new home. It was a strategic place. It was strategic for runaways to settle in communities that were rethinking slavery. Abolitionist ideas started forming in New Hampshire a decade prior to Ona's arrival. Portsmouth ended slavery in 1805, uh, before the rest of the state of New Hampshire, actually. The public discontent with slavery was the only protection Ona had. Slave owners could still retrieve runaways across the state lines, uh, mainly thanks to the law enabled by George Washington. This is speculation on my part, but it's not far-fetched to say that judge probably lived in constant state of suspicion and stress on the account of her slave status. On top of that, she was just not an average runaway. I mean, she ran away from America's royalty, essentially. So you can imagine just the state of fear and suspense she had to live in. 
at least that's how I imagine her inner feelings were. She would be constantly looking over her shoulder, and she was unfortunately never free from the fear of getting recaptured for the rest of her life. Her fears would come to life, and she would be discovered by chance by one of the members of New Hampshire's most prominent families. Senator Langdon and his family were a part of the upper-class political elite at the time, and they were personal friends of the Washingtons. So the senator's daughter, Elizabeth Langton, would have seen and been served by honor when visiting the Washington household. By chance, the two happened to run into each other on one of Portsmouth's streets. Ona did all she could at the moment. She did not acknowledge Elizabeth and calmly walked past her, but unfortunately she was still recognized by August. And uh, as you remember, Ona ran away in May. So by August, the Washingtons knew exactly where to find her. At the time, Washington was still in public office. And retrieving Ona by force would have resulted in uh, negative publicity, so he decided to do so discreetly. Although the law was on his side, public sentiment really wasn't. The Washingtons were shaking up by Ona's escape. They only brought back two slaves since her disappearance and instead employed uh, white servants. There was no doubt that they wanted honor recaptured and quietly brought back to them. George Washington approached Secretary of Treasury Oliver Wolcott Jr., another junior, <laughs> for help. And now there is a several a very powerful men hunting for one poor escapee that did not have much protection to begin with. Oliver Walcott in turn contacted a slave-catching agents on uh, Washington's behalf. As I mentioned before, George Washington lacked comprehension on why a human being would prefer freedom over uh, servitude under him and uh, under what he perceived to be good conditions, I should say. Of of course, for him, Ona also represented a financial loss, so he wanted her returned. An additional worry was um, how much intimate details uh, she would have uh, been privy to. And uh, Washington also could not comprehend uh, that the woman would escape on her own free will with no evidence to support this, like absolutely zero evidence. He convinced himself that she escaped to follow a man she has fallen in love with, a Frenchman, for some reason. I <laughs> don't ask me why he, uh, came, where he came up with that fantasy. I mean, it's a natural and logical assumption, if I may add. It is a well-known fact that everything women do is because of a man and they do not have thoughts of free will of their own. Obviously, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, that kind of misogynist thinking of the time was also something that Ona would have to struggle with. It was the double discrimination of race and gender that black women faced and still face today. I mean, even now, on average, uh, everyone talks about how women uh, make less than male 
counterparts, but black women make even less than their white female counterparts. And yes, it uh, also happens in Canada. People uh, have a tendency to uh, glance uh, to the south, uh, to uh, our American neighbor, but Canada is also not exempt from discrimination, I want to point out. Um, and I mean, if you are in a position to support a small local business, I know it can get expensive to, to shop local. Like, it does require for people to have a certain income. But uh, consider supporting a black female business. I'm not saying you need to buy stuff you don't need or don't want or perceive to be of worse quality or whatever. I'm just saying if uh, you're choosing between uh, some options, choose the one that will perhaps seal a financial gap. Uh, so um, I am... Uh, rambling and getting off topic here and uh, now i lost my place in my notes what was i talking about oh yes yeah, so uh washington uh he had this uh, fantasy she ran away with the frenchman and uh, he asked uh oliver the secretary he con uh, of treasury to contact a portsmouth a custom officer joseph Weipel, in assisting with bringing on a judge back Ironically, George Washington was advising that Joseph uh, breaks the very law that he had brought into fruition, and I'm referring to the already dubious uh, Fugitive Slave Act. Joseph Weipel was an educated businessman and an abolitionist. He accepted the assignment, but uh, resolved to approach the situation on his own terms, and his heart really wasn't in it. But at the same time, you do not say no to the president. Whipple spent uh, several weeks searching for Anna. He came up with a devious plan of luring her with a fake job ad, and it did work. When they met, Whipple was acting fishy, and at the time he was asking too many uh, personal questions in an attempt to verify her identity. And you can imagine how sketchy he must have acted because uh, asking personal questions was uh, perfectly fine in the 18th century. So he must have really came off as a massive creep <laughs> because the bar was already low for what you can ask. He realized that the amount of questions he asked was an overkill and just came clean to her. Judge, in turn, was very perceptive, and she realized if, uh, that if he hasn't attempted to capture her by force by now, that he will not do so. So uh, she realized he just wanted uh, to talk. Her instinct was correct. Whipple attempted to uh, talk her into returning and promised to negotiate with the president on her behalf, in particularly negotiate for her emancipation following the Washington's uh, death. Ona, uh, to get out of uh, the situation, uh, promised uh, to return to Washington and she left. Of course, uh, she had uh, no intention of keeping this promise. Uh, she just wanted uh, to escape a dangerous uh, situation. Whipple arranged for her passage uh, back and when the time came, Ona never boarded uh, the ship. This was uh, not a surprise. In his correspondence, Whipple did not uh, seem angry. Perhaps he knew the negotiations were too good to be true. Instead, he attempted to clear 
the myth that Anna was convinced to run away by a suitor, by a Frenchman, according to George Washington. And I quote, After a cautious examination, it appeared to me that she had not been decoyed away as had been apprehended, but that a thirst for complete freedom, which she was informed would take place on her arrival here or Boston, has been her only motive for absconding, unquote. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that uh, Julia Roberts uh, thinking meme. If not, just Google Julia Roberts thinking meme and you'll know what I'm talking about. But like, I imagine that's how George Washington's face looked when he was computing the fact that on a runway, on her own fruition, not for a man. <laughs> um According to Whipple's letter, Ona was respectful when speaking of the Washingtons, and in a bold move, uh, he even advised the president on implementing gradual emancipation and reminded Walcott of the changing attitudes towards slavery. As you remember, Washington did not communicate uh, with Whipple directly. He uh, tasked Whipple was capturing Anna through Oliver Walcott. Whipple did not want to follow through with any further attempts to get Anna back to her slaveholder and advised that the president hire a lawyer. This advice did not suit Washington, who was trying to be shady and did not want to expose the truth of his situation to the growing anti-slavery sentiment in the North. Washington released uh, Walcott from the slave catching duties uh, that he was charged with and wrote to him directly. Poor Whipple was still charged with catching Ona, though. In a letter, Washington was clear, and this is to Walcott to be exact. In a letter, George Washington was clear that he was not willing to compromise or negotiate with Ona. Uh, nor uh, was he willing to live uh, free of uh, slavery. I do want to point out that Washington eventually did express an ease with enslavement to his friends Tobias Lear and Marquise de Lafayette. At the same time, he fully supported and made deliberate efforts to uphold the institution of slavery. So you can make your own conclusions about him. I mean, talk is meaningless without action. But as I said, make your own conclusions. Uh, Walcott was released from helping the president, but Whipple was not. He was in fact instructed to place Ona on a return vessel against her will, but to avoid a public spectacle. So as I mentioned before, ironically, he was uh, charged with uh, breaking the very law that Washington enabled. At this point, contrary to the reports that Ona ran away on her own volition, George Washington was convinced that uh, she also might be pregnant, and uh, this meant increase in his uh, property, so he really wanted her back. Uh, Whipple responded a month later. It was clear he wanted out, and uh, he did not dare to anger the president at the same time. In his reply, he stated that he will decide for himself if the, if the conditions were suitable for her return. At this point, Washington gave up on Whipple. He finally realized that uh, the man will not do what is asked of him. He also had to turn his attention towards the transfer of power uh, from himself to John Adams. So for now, Anna was safe and she would uh, celebrate her first Christmas as a free woman. Despite the constant uh, lurking danger 
of getting recaptured, uh, she did her best to move on with her life. Uh, she would have quickly realized that in order to move forward for a woman of any race at the time, she would uh, have to get the husband or she would be much better off with the husband. And I'm, of course, I'm not saying that's applicable now. But that was just the reality of a life back then. A man named Jack Staines caught her attention and the interest was reciprocated. We do not know if they married for love or survival. And in general, I don't think people realize how comparatively new the idea of uh, a love marriage is. Choosing her partner and marrying was one of the benefits of freedom. So that was a big step for Ona. Well, it's a big step for anyone really to get married. But it had the additional uh, symbology of uh, her choosing her own husband because she was free. In uh, January 1797, the pair resolved to marry but it would not be so easy for them. They had to marry in a nearby Greenland. The Portsmouth clerk, upon hearing about Ona's owners, would not register their marriage, but they did in a nearby town of Greenland, so they did get legally married eventually. Jack Staines was a free black man, and he worked as a sailor, so that meant he would spend long periods away from Ona at sea, Seafaring was one of the few jobs available to black men. It was highly dangerous and um, they still suffered a lot of racial discrimination from the crew. It also did not pay well, but it did pay on par with uh, the white sailors. And it was, again, one of the very few opportunities available for black men at the time. Ona still had to do domestic labor as well. But with their combined income, the couple was able to move into their own home. No slaves were recorded as a part of their household, and this meant that Ona was passing as a free woman in the community. Two other people were a part of their household. They were probably boarders that were taken on to ease the financial burden. A year after their marriage in 1798, Ona delivered their first child, a girl named Eliza. This meant that the baby could also be claimed as property by the Washingtons. The father's free status did not make much difference. The stakes were now much higher because Ona was not only worried for her own freedom, but for her daughters as well. And uh, coincidentally, Martha's uh, great-granddaughter would also be named Eliza. Must have been a popular name at the time, I guess. Uh, speaking of the Washingtons, actually, uh, by now, George was uh, two years into his retirement. Uh, the year was uh, 1799, and instead of taking up a new hobby, uh, he took up the pursuit of a judge again. He decided to delegate the matter into the hands of Martha's Matthew Burwell Bassett Jr. What is it with all these juniors, honestly? That is a weird name. I've literally never heard a name Burwell <laughs> before. Sounds extremely old-timely. If you know a Burwell, let me know, because I'm just genuinely curious if the name is even still used, if there is an unfortunate soul named Burwell out there. <laughs> but, uh, okay, uh, Burwell was traveling to North Hampshire on business, 
He was a southern boy with none of uh, those abolitionist uh, beliefs that other people held in the North. Oh, and by the way, despite the reports that argue to the contrary, George still maintained that Ona was seduced away by that mysterious Frenchman he made up. <laughs> Baby Eliza was about one years old, and Jack was away at sea when Burwell showed up on Ona's door. He made a lot of false promises amongst those ridiculous uh, claims. Uh, he also promised that she would be set free when she arrived at Mount Vernon. I mean, he didn't even try to make those lies believable. <laughs> Ona responded, I quote, I am free now and I choose to remain so, unquote. Speculation on my part, but I imagine that was a big slap in uh, Burwell's face, who was not... Uh, used to negotiating with slaves. I'm sure it offended his uh, sensibilities, if you will. According to the law, Anna was not free, uh, but Burwell knew he could not make a scene by removing her by force at that moment. He did have every intention of coming back and forcibly kidnapping Anna and expressed as much to Senator Staines. So this is the dude whose daughter spotted Ona in the first place. Ona uh, was warned that her life was in danger or she must have known. Uh, I mean, it was kind of obvious because <laughs> Burwell showed up to, on her doorstep. Uh, so she traveled to Greenland where she was harbored by a free black family. The nephew returned to Virginia without Ona and finally convinced George that there was no French man involved in Ona's escape, but he did confirm that she had a baby. The Washingtons would have to figure out a new plan to recapture Ona, but before they could do so, George Washington passed away on December 14, 1799. He did emancipate 123 slaves posthumously and stipulated that the old slaves be taken care of post-liberation and by taken care of is fed and closed. Um, young uh, slaves were to be bonded out as servants until the age of 25, but they were to be taught how to read and write, so the emancipation was gradual. Martha, on the other hand, never emancipated her own slaves. And Ona, I want to point out, was included among Martha's property, so she would have never been emancipated, even post-Washington's death. The slaves were instead divided amongst Martha's grandchildren. Uh, so George's uh, death did not really change Ona's status. Martha died in May 1802. This uh, meant uh, that Ona was now a property of the Curtis family, Martha's grandkids to be exact, and she was still uh, not free. Ona continued living as a free woman. Uh, by 1847, when asked by a reporter, she stated that she had uh, three children, uh, however, the documentation uh, survives for only two of the three. Both documented children were daughters. Uh, the second daughter uh, was named Nancy. Uh, there is a link to a possible son, William Staines, uh, who ended up a sailor, possibly following his father's footsteps. Uh, Jack, her husband, passed away in 1803, only six years into the marriage. 
Ona uh, was uh, now a single mother and she was uh, living in poverty. Of course, it's not easy to be a single mom these days or a single parent uh, for that matter. But as you can imagine, for a runaway slave at the time, she was uh, the poorest of the poor, really. The story in general does not really have a happy ending. Ona would always struggle to make ends meet. I know that a lot of us listening, including me, want to have a happy ending, but unfortunately, uh, life is not a movie. She was helped out by another free black family, the Jacks. The Jacks uh, were run by a matriarch who herself was a former slave. Her name was Phyllis. And she was emancipated before the mass emancipation movement, actually. And that was uh, pretty unusual. But what was even more unusual at the time, she was gifted land. Um, this was not at all uh, the norm. Land owning black women at the time, as I said, very rare. Uh, Phyllis passed away in 1804. Honest Taines moved into the Jack's home, so the two families merged together in an attempt to make uh, ends meet. Two families were both poor. In August 1816, things uh, got so bad that Ona had to place her daughters into the indentured servitude. It appeared that her uh, son was 16 when he left home to be a sailor, and uh, the local records never again mentioned his name, so he never came back. By 1818, both daughters uh, came back home from the indentured servitude. Um, well, actually, uh, Nancy came back uh, home before um, Eliza, but the point is, by the time both of them uh, were back, by 1818, the whole household was full of empowered women. The Jacks family, a patriarch, passed away in 1817. Unfortunately, Ona's daughters... All they knew was poverty and a struggle to survive. And what's even more unfortunate was that by the time Ona was in her late 50s, she lost both of her daughters. Eliza passed away on the 16th of February 1832 at the age of 34 from an unspecified illness. And Nancy followed her sister on September 11th 1833, Ona was um, now impoverished and alone. She turned towards Christianity to seek comfort. Uh, she learned uh, to read and write, and uh, uh, she attributes her newfound faith in the fact that she could now read the Bible for herself. She would read the Bible and attend church. Those were her pastimes. And church was the place where she met the Reverend Thomas Archibald, who interviewed Ona, and uh, Ona Judge was now in her early 70s. Her children were gone. She no longer had to fear for their safety, and uh, she was uh, too old to fear recapture. She would have been a financial strain at this point. People uh, gained nothing by recapturing her. Ona's story appeared in a newspaper, on January 1st, 1847, the newspaper was called The Liberator, and it was a leading abolitionist newspaper of the time. Finally, thousands would get to know her story. 
On the 25th of February 1848, Ona Judge has passed away, leaving behind a story of her struggle for freedom. In her interview, the interviewer wrote, I quote, When asked if she is not sorry she left Washington, as she has labored so much harder since than before, her reply is, no, I am free, and I have, I trust, been made a child of God by the means, unquote. And this is the amazing story of Ona Judge. I know that uh, when she got married, uh, she did uh, change her surname, but I refer to her as Ona Judge just for the sake of consistency, uh, because I get confused uh, once the surname all of the sudden changes. Uh, she was at some point Ona Staines. I guess if any of you want to research her further, it's a, a good detail to know. And if you want to learn more details about the circumstances that surrounded her life, her extended family, the general history of about the time period she lived in, uh, consider looking into my source, which was uh, a book called Never Caught, The Washington's Relentless Pursuit of the Runaway Slave on a Judge by Erica Armstrong Dunbar. And uh, the links uh, to my source will be posted in the episode description. Also, I'm excited to announce that I've been working on a blog for this podcast. I mean, I've only just started, so I do have a big backlog to get through. So it'll probably get me a while to get it up and running or at least get it uh, caught up sufficiently enough where I will post the link to it. So um, every blog post will feature the audio for this podcast and We'll also feature some images. You can flip through the description of those images that relate uh, to the episode. And, uh, of course, a little blurb, really, about uh, the topic. A little fun fact uh, that I will put in there. And, of course, all my sources um, will be featured as well. So if you ever are doing um, some kind of research uh, on uh, the topic that I've talked about. You can always refer to those uh, sources. Uh, perhaps you will find them helpful. On that note, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you again for everyone who listens. If you do like this podcast, consider telling your friend. I will uh, talk to you next week. I don't know uh, what about yet. I feel like I say it every time. <laughs> so I don't know why I even repeat myself. Uh, but I don't know what topic it will be. Uh, this uh, On a Judge series is concluded. Uh, I probably will try to do just a one-off episode on something. But I will figure it out later. And uh, have yourselves a great day. Bye, everyone.